But I think also what I'd like to know about is were those male survivors also married? Because if they were married, there's another piece of it, which is that the wives are being, you know, then we have the nagging factor that we've referred to in previous podcasts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we laugh about it because you hear nagging and you think, oh, you know, what a, what a pain in the neck that is. But we know that nagging serves um, a positive uh, purpose in that she's going to make sure that the medications are being taken or that the diet is being followed and that the doctor's appointments are being, you know, kept and things like that. So, I would really be curious as to whether, um, aside from providing, um, you know, a, a connection psychologically because the person is married, there would be those other um, factors as well that a spouse would be bringing to male survivors. Mm-hmm. This week, we are going to talk about the death rate of socially isolated people and how it is twice that of those with strong social ties. Dr. Karen Sherman explains how marriage can help us live happier, healthier, and longer when we have this information, particularly in this time of COVID and what that means. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm going to keep this short. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. You should know that we have a website, hitchmag.com, with thousands of articles, our complete podcast archive with over 500 episodes, a free weekly newsletter, and more. If you like this podcast, please leave a rating or review to help encourage others to join. And without further ado, enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the lovely, the original, Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. Hello. Uh, Karen, for those tuning in for the first time, is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. Karen is also the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life, and is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. Um, we, you know, today's topic, Karen, is uh, based on an article that you sent me, which I'm mm-hmm. very excited about. And the the nut of it is that healthy, supportive relationships can help lower your stress levels and help you stay healthy longer. Um, this is something that we've basically known, um, but we're going to, you know, it seems like a good time to get into this stuff. Um, so this article included a study that was published in 1979 and the death rate of socially isolated people was twice as high as the rates for those with strong social ties. Why is connection or I guess conversely isolation so powerful in regard to our health? Well, because we may not realize it, but among all the other things that the brain does, the brain is really a social organ and it needs connection. So um, if we don't have that connection, it's going to end up not thriving as well. Um, And, you know, when we are isolated, um, there are certain 
um, feelings that are missing. Um, there are certain ways that certain uh, benefits that we don't have. And so that's likely to make us feel more stressed and also increase our cortisol levels, which is the hormone that gets produced from stress. And when you have too much cortisol, that works against your health as well. Right. But, but in general, the brain needs connection. Mm-hmm. It, it it's interesting. So I was uh, talking with my older brother, who is a, a, an emergency responder, and mm. we were discussing uh, the whole quarantine and, and self isolation and all that stuff, and just trying to like bat back and forth all the implications and ramifications of mm-hmm. it. Um, and you know, one of the things that we've heard about is you know, people are going, we're going to start seeing the suicide rates go up. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that he brought up to me was, you know, what's interesting is, you know, if you're in a house with somebody else, you're not isolating, like you're, you might be less lonely now because you are stuck with people at home. Like, it's not like everybody's going off to work and you're stuck at home by yourself. Like you are now Mm. surrounded by people 24 seven, which might cause Mm. different issues, but it's different than the loneliness. So getting to this whole connectedness thing. So I thought that was like a very interesting take on the whole. um, Yes, it is. And I'll have more to say about that at the end of the podcast when you say to me, do you have anything more to add? (laughs) Great. Okay. (laughs) Um, So another study in the article found that over the course of three years, Male survivors of heart attacks were twice as likely to die when they were socially isolated as compared to those with um, more connections. So is this study just a more acute example of what we were just talking about above? Well, I certainly think it's a, a more acute example, but I think also what I'd like to know about is were those male survivors also married because if they were married, there's another piece of it, which is that the wives are being, you know, then we have the nagging factor that we've referred to in previous podcasts. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we laugh about it because you hear nagging and you think, oh, you know, what what a pain in the neck that is. But we know that nagging serves um, a positive uh, purpose in that she's going to make sure that the medications are being taken or that the diet is being followed and that the doctor's appointments are being you know kept and things like that. So I would really be curious as to whether um, aside from providing um, you know a, a connection psychologically because the person is married, there would be those other um, factors as well that, a spouse would be bringing to male survivors. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, no, that all makes perfect sense. And yeah, we've, de- <laughs> we've definitely covered the nagging thing in the past. Um, okay. So how can, with knowing this, knowing that social connections uh, are a good thing, a positive thing, how can we be supportive of each other and help relieve stress? Well, I think that, you know, a lot of it is going to be where you feel like you have somebody who can validate you, who can uh, let you know that the feelings that you're having, whatever they are, are being heard. Uh, So that way you feel like you matter. 
Um, and aside from getting a chance to express your feelings as opposed to holding them in, uh, and the person saying, yes, I understand, then they might also be able to offer you some possible ways to deal with it. But you're not um, just having whatever feelings you're having and having to suppress them, but you can share them with someone else and, again, feel like they are being heard by someone else and, therefore, you're being heard by someone else. Mm -hmm. And that's going to relieve the stress. Okay. Can can these uh, benefits be gotten by anyone or do they need to be in uh, – are they limited to a romantic relationship no, there absolutely can be from anyone, okay. which is why uh, women will say girlfriends are so significant. Right. Um, women seem to need more of this emotional connection. And a lot of times, one of the problems in marriages, <clears throat> excuse me, is that we expect our marital partners to be everything to us, right. to be our lovers, to be our friends, to be our um, companions, to be our co-workers, uh, so to speak, around the house. And it's really a lot to expect of one person. And since men don't need as much connection as women do, um, it's really very good for women to have outside people to help them um, to have these uh, sources of support. Um, but, you know, again, it doesn't have to be um, just romantic people. Now, that being said, a man might get a lot of support just by his weekly poker game. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be that he is releasing a lot of emotional feelings, but the guys may just sit around and joke with each other and, you know, complain to each other. And the other guys are going, yeah, 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 I know, I know, I get it, I get it. And even that support. So um, absolutely, it does not have to be from your romantic partners. And I think that we do ourselves a disservice to expect that the person you've married can be the one and only who's supposed to do all of that for you. Yeah. No, I, I love every time, like this is not the first time you've brought that up and I love it every time because we do get this notion in our head that I married my best friend. We do everything together. They do this, they do that. And I, you know, it's, it's this, um, false idealism of Mm -hmm. what your spouse has to be as opposed to what's actually working for you. Mm -hmm. And, 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 you know, how many times have, um, people said, Oh, they got married or they, they got together with this other person and I never see them again. Mm -hmm. And, um, if that relationship prior to you getting together with that person was beneficial to you, why would you ever cut it off? Right. Uh, and, right. And so I think that's something really important for people to think about. So that's a, yes. that's a very great point. Yes. Um, okay. So with all that being said, we know the benefits. What does being supportive look like? Well, it can come in a lot of different forms. Sometimes just listening to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of times, and I think that this is one of the issues we hear all the time in the differences between men and women. And I know I'm being stereotypical here. And so it's not always going to run this way along gender lines, but this is typical where women will want more of the emotional, I get it. 
and not problem solving. And men are the fixers. And so they come in with, you know, okay, so how about doing this and this, and then we do that and blah, blah, blah. And then a woman is very disappointed. So uh, men, what I would suggest is that if your female mate or friend or whatever says, I really, you know, would like to talk to you or I need some support so that you know best what to do. You just say, you know, what would you, how, how can I offer that support to you? Or, you know, is this something you want me to just listen to? Or, you know, do you want some ideas on how to improve it? A lot of times ideas on how to improve a situation are beneficial after the um, emotional, I understand, or I could only imagine, etc. Mm. Um, but support can be just sitting together and having a cup of coffee or tea. Mm-hmm. You know, I mentioned before, you know, guys p- may play poker together and they may just, you know, sit around making a bunch of jokes with each other and releasing some of their tension. And that can be supportive. It can be, you know, spending time together. So there's lots of different ways that support can be shown. Um, and you may have different relationships that can offer it in different ways. Right. Um, I have some friends where, you know, we just laugh a lot right now about our current uh, situation in the pandemic. And that feels really great because we make jokes about certain situations we find ourselves in. And then I get off the phone and I have felt really good at the end of that. And then there are other friends where, you know, we piss and moan (laughs) and that feels really good. So, um, you know, I think it's really important that everybody sort of figures out what they need at the moment and then try to align yourself with who's the best person for you, who's going to be able to give you what you want, and then, you know, go ahead and try to ask for what you need. Um, Especially during this pandemic, I think everybody needs support. So um, you can't be a mind reader, and it would be helpful, uh, or somebody else cannot be a mind reader for you, if you would ask somebody Um, you know, do you have any time right now? I really need to talk or I really need to take a walk or, you know, I would just like to sit around and have a cup of coffee with you or whatever. Um, but again, support can come in many different ways. Right. I'm, 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 again, I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that up because I think so many times we think, uh, like uh, there's so much effort needs to go into some of this stuff, but a lot of times it's just being present. It's just being available. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And it's funny because when you're talking about, you know, guys sitting around and, you know, you know, joking and I can't tell you how many times that I have just sat around with my friends and honestly, just like not a word would have spoken for 30 minutes Mm -hmm. and we were all just totally content and it was just nice to be in their presence. Right. Um, And, you know, I don't know what that is exactly, but it, but it feels good and it feels right. Mm-hmm. And it's released relieving of stress. And maybe that's what it is. You can just be without right. the worry around you. Um, yes. And I, you know, and I love the, also the idea and the concept of just as your spouse doesn't need to be everything for you. Neither does that one friend have to be everything for you, even if it's your best friend. <laughs> Absolutely, Steve. Good point. Yeah. Very good point. And so, cause I think a lot of times it's like, 
you know, I definitely have my friend where I will call him uh, and to for anything in the world, right? But you know, if I ha- if I want to laugh, I might call an- another friend, or if mm-hmm. I want to go do a very specific task, I might call a different friend, or if I want right. to talk about cooking, it's somebody else. So, um, I-, I think that's just a really good point, which is also getting back to the original point of all this, which is like your social network, the social mm-hmm. connections that you have, which isn't a one-on-one connection necessarily. It's an entire group of people that you can create for yourself. Um, yes. And, uh, yeah. And so maybe that's one of the things, one of the tasks that people can do while they're in isolation is kind of rekindle some of those connections that may have fallen by the wayside as when they were too busy to like pick up a phone and call somebody or. Yes. I think that's one of the things that we're learning through this, which is, you know, where have we put our priorities in the past and, you know, what do we want to reconnect with now as far as what's really important in life. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I had, I I don't know if I've mentioned this, but I had a, uh, a former college roommate who I haven't seen in probably 15 years. mm -hmm. Um, and I've only seen him a handful of times since college. And just randomly, I was on my computer working in the evening and he just rang me up (laughs) on the computer. He's like, Hey, (laughs) Uh and I was like, Oh, Hey, (laughs) And it was like, it was like we were still at our old place hanging out again. Yeah. It, was, it was amazing. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And then of course we did the same thing that everybody does, which is like, why don't we do this more often? Right. Which is such a cliche, but it is true. And I think we all recognize that. So hopefully we, we take something from that positively. Um, okay, Karen, what, what is it that you wanted to add to this conversation? Today? Well, I, you know, I think that this is a really important topic, especially at this time in our lives during the pandemic. Um, and there are two points I want to bring up that um, it's extremely important that efforts be made to connect with people during this because we do have to be concerned with people feeling isolated um, and therefore getting depressed or anxious or possibly even suicidal. So whether it's a phone call, whether it's a, you know, FaceTime or Zoom or whatever, um, it's really important to be connecting. The other thing is one of the biggest concerns I've had is the restrictions that were put on, although now they're starting to lift, when people were put in the hospital Mm -hmm. and visitors were not allowed to come. Now, understandably, they were not allowed because we didn't want anybody getting sick and increasing, you know, the odds of then passing it along to anybody else. But the poor people who are in the hospital as they're sick it would have been so helpful to them, possibly in getting better, if they would have had their loved ones there with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, will we ever be able to figure out, you know, how many people would have fared better um, if they had been able to have that support? No. But I do think that, um, you know, it's really, really important that we have those connections while we are not feeling well. Um, And I do think that some of the um, death or some of the not doing well was a fallout from the fact that we couldn't allow people to come visit. 
I, yeah, that is, <laughs> I am so glad that you brought that up because I, I have been thinking of that because we know there are so many studies out there that talk about having somebody by your bedside, having that connection mm-hmm. and the, the health benefits and the health outcomes, not just the benefits, but the actual positive outcomes that come from it. Mm-hmm. And we have been systematically depriving it. And to your point, understandably so, but what was the trade-off we have, you know, it would be interesting if we're somehow now able to quantify what that ha- what that looks like. Right. I think that would be super interesting going from, you know, people that had people by their bedside beforehand uh, for maybe things completely unrelated to COVID-19 and then having this time period, this like couple month time period where nobody was allowed near a bedside and what those outcomes then looked like. It would be really fascinating. Mm. Yep. Yep. Um, was there anything else? Sorry. No, no. It's just, you know, again, um, I think that it is just so important that um, the significance of being connected with other people, um, you know, a lot of the times um, I read a lot of literature since I'm in a 55 plus community about how important it is you know, in this age group that we have connections. And I know um, many, many people in my community feel so blessed that we are in this community because we really take care of each other. Um, But I I think it goes way beyond. I don't think it is just, um, you know, people in this age group. I think it really is all over the place. You know, as I listen to my grandchildren, they're missing school terribly, oh, yeah. not for the work, but because they miss their friends. Um, and camp was just called off for them. And, you know, it's it's really terrible because, again, the friendships and the, you know, being able to um, be with others, it, it, it's hard. It's just really, really hard. Um, so, you know, but then you have to weigh you know, the reopening and what the possibilities are for people getting sick. So it's a very difficult time. Right. right, Difficult time. Well, so hopefully people are finding a way to stay connected. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that I was also thinking of is just how fortunate we are for this to have happened at this time when we can FaceTime and Zoom and Mm. all the other stuff. Like, Mm. can you imagine... If no, we didn't have all that stuff. Right. Like it's, I mean, we should feel really lucky that we have this visual communication system that enables us to keep doing some of this stuff. So, yeah, good um, points. All right. So we will wrap it up. Thank you so much for your time, Karen. This was, uh, as, uh, as always, it's, it's a pleasure and very informative. So thank you so much. Thank you, Steve. All right. Uh, you're welcome. And until next time, before you go, I do want to remind that you remind you that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. Karen is the author of mindfulness and the art of choice, transform your life. She is the co-author of marriage magic, find it, keep it and make it last. You can get this information at her website, drkarensherman.com. You can find all, all this information at our website, hitchedmagic.com. 
mag.com. We also have thousands of articles, uh, if you're unfamiliar. Um, The entire podcast archive is available there, which goes uh, 500 plus episodes. Um, We also have a great weekly newsletter that I highly recommend you sign up for. So check that out. And until next time, that will do it. Take care, everybody. Tonight